0: So, I uh, have talked about uh, struggling to find um, programs to watch with my young child. Yeah. Uh, He has since fallen deeply in love with My Neighbor Totoro. Oh, good. But we did do a bit of a dice roll because I was looking for a Totoro stuffed animal for him to sleep with. And I, you know, it's his favorite movie. So, I got like a a decent, like a 15-inch tall Totoro, big guy. Yeah. And on the picture, you know, he looked very cute on the picture. And then he showed up and he was like still like 80% as cute as the picture, yeah. but twenty percent super cursed. Like oh, what happened? Hap- well, he just has that big smile, you know. The Totoro- big smile sucks. No one
1: talks about that when they talk about Totoro, but when he makes the big, big smile, it's scary. And and that's like his thing. Like he does it a lot.
2: Mm-hmm. It's a horror
3: movie smile, right? Yes. It's like uh, I'm about to kill you it's like this uh,
0: what is it called smile that horror movie basically yeah it's it is smile. like the movie smile <laughs> um so but it was a dice roll because i was like well you uh-huh. know maybe I, I don't know he seems into it so i ordered it and it showed up and definitely 20 percent cursed yeah and we were like how can we do this in a way that it's not going to terrify him so you wanted an advantage like a check right yeah Right, exactly. We needed to do a dice roll to make sure that uh, Totoro's charisma was high enough. So I- His riz. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I, um, I played the movie for my son, and he's watching it, and then I freeze-framed it on one of the moments where he has the big smile. Mm-hmm. And then I knocked on the door, like, oh, there's someone at the door, and then- And then I opened the door, and I had left him behind the door. The total. Oh, okay.
1: Well, that's okay. And And then what
0: happened? Brief moment where it was like, "Oh, this could go very wrong very quickly." But no, he was fucking into it. It it was like a huge success.
1: All right. Well, that yeah, that definitely that was on the razor's edge. I hope you understand the tremendous risk that you took because you could there's a reality in which your son would be like, "Well, I guess I'm I guess this character is ruined for me because it can
0: just kind of show up. Yeah, he just doesn't know that big smiles are scary is the thing. He thinks they're great. Well, problem, problem. Are
3: you teaching him that you can trust big smiles now? Yeah. Right. I mean, Because now you're really working on making it that anytime he comes across, let's say, like, a scary clown. Yeah. He's going to be like, friend,
0: this seems like a cool person to hang out with. I mean, not every big smile is an evil big smile, just most of them. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Uh, my son, like, this
1: reminds me, my son is, like, really into Akira. And so sure. I found this plushie of Blob Tetsuo at the end. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, I'm worried that this Blob Tetsuo plushie is going to be scary in some way. And that the child is not going to like it. But he does, he do, He loves it. He, oh. cli- he climbs in bed with the Blob Tetsuo and just kind of... Kind of like gets into the folds of it, <laughs> and he likes it. It's fun for him. It's comfortable. To be fair, I, though, I don't want invest th- an entire room where the toys come alive. Yes, that's true too. The, yeah, the I made it That's Jesus Christ! What a scary. I, I jokes aside, I think if I showed that movie to my son, it would really do some serious damage. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> some real, real psychological damage, man. How have they not made a Totoro bed? That you can just climb up on the belly of it. They and have one breathes? at the museum in, yeah. in Japan. Yeah. I want one in my home. Hu- I don't live in Japan. They I have a life-size cat
0: bus as well there. I don't m- care about a cat bus. I want a big bed that breathes, that I sleep on the tummy <laughs> of it. I, one, one more caveat. As I was looking for Totoro shit to put in his room, I found on like an Alibaba page, it, it was a picture of Totoro standing at the bus station, classic scene. Love it. Directly next to him was a picture of Mulder from the X-Files saying, Aliens? Oh, that's funny. <laughs> Man, that's funny. it, it, it is unfortunate.
3: I was holding my monkey paw up to the microphone, Griffin, mm-hmm. when you said I want a big bread bed that breathes. Yeah. Um, and it, it did not give you a Totoro bed. It just turned the current bed you have into a living being that desperately wishes it had a mouse
1: so it could scream. Oh, okay. Well, that's going to be expensive. Thanks for that. My name is Griffin McElroy, and I know the
3: best game of the week. My name is Christopher Thomas Plant, and I know the best game of the week.
1: My name is Ross Frustier, and I know the best game of the week. And this is The Besties. Welcome to it, the show where we talk about the latest and greatest at home interactive entertainment. It's a book club for video games, and just by listening to you, my friend, I remember this week, we are talking about Baldur's Gate 3. A game that I am shuddering with anticipation to discuss with my two good friends, Russ and Chris. Justin is not here for this one; uh, on vacay, he doesn't I, like dice. He doesn't. He's scared of them. Um, yeah, any shape that's not a circle, he's like, no, thank you. He's fine with nineteen sided, but twenty just goes too far. That's one too many. Um, Chris, play out what is Baldur's Gate three, please. Tell me. It's now. a return
3: of the PC RPG of immersive sim gaming, of D&D brand Baldur's Gate. It's all coming back thanks to the people who made Divinity Original Sin 1 and 2. And if you played those games, you have a pretty damn good idea of what this game... It also might be one of the best games I've played in
1: forever. Like ever. Um, Absolutely um, rules. I, it's
3: unbelievable. It's unbelievable.
2: But shush, Wait, just wait.
1: Because we have to go on a quick break and then we're going to talk all about it. Oh yeah.
2: To get this new customer offer and get your new three month unlimited wireless plan for just fifteen bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash besties. That's Mintmobile.com slash besties. Cut your wireless bill to fifteen bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash besties. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. You mentioned uh, Divinity
1: Original Sin. Uh one one and two. Larian Studios has done a, a, approximately a hundred divinity games. That series existed uh, all the way back in the early aughts.
0: And we should clarify it's not Larry and Studios, it's Larry and Studios. It's Larry in and in stands for
1: Larian Studios. Nidio his games. his best friend Studios, Larry <laughs> and, and Studios. Uh they are they are very classic style CRPGs with like really really fun ways of interacting with the world and it I loved Divinity Original Sin 2s like probably my favorite CRPG uh to this this point and to see this game evolve what was amazing about that game is is truly truly breathtaking
0: Okay, and just a heads up, we are not going to be covering anything beyond Act 1. So, uh, you know, it's funny because when I say Act 1, you could spend 30 hours in Act 1. I'm
1: still in Act 1. I have yeah. not gotten— Are you? Has anyone else progressed beyond Act 1? No. No. Yeah, okay, great. That's what <laughs> I assumed It's a big
0: old act. Um, uh, but we're mostly going to be focusing on early stuff that you see in the first 5 or 10 hours, you figure. Uh, yeah. Brass Brass tacks. This
1: is a CRPG computer RPG. Is that all CRPG stands for? I, guess I think so, I guess yeah, so. Which is like a genre that that dates back to I mean, I guess like fucking Ultima or whatever, but is mostly known for the sort of D&D games that spun off of it. Baldur's Life, Gate, Baldur's Gate, Neverwinter Nights, uh uh Icewind Plane- Dale, Icewind Dale, Planescape Torment, like all of these old, old Fallout, games. Fallout, the original
0: Fallout was that.
1: Uh yeah, for sure. Uh and this game is that, but modern, uh, and adapting the Dungeons & Dragons 5th Edition rule set that is sort of the current go-to rules for, for the Dungeons & Dragons tabletop game. Which is um, a perfect pairing, because the
3: 5th Edition rule set, to me, is the most video gamey of the bunch. They, oh, wow, get-
1: I... I Disagree you, with that. I really? think fourth edition. Yeah, I think fourth edition was very gamey, very like uh fourth edition is the first one I played because it felt so much like you know, Interesting. World of Warcraft or like any other sort of like RPG, like that. Everything was very mechanical. I, I I think that they actually had a much harder job with fifth edition because there's a lot of stuff that is like very theater of the mind. It's like mushy mm. stuff. Very mushy stuff that is like very improvisational and very interpretive, and that doesn't work in a video game where you have to program that shit uh, and to see how they have taken all of these different uh, me- mechanics and then made them, uh, you know, replicatable in a video game has been truly, truly impressive. Um, so, like, for instance, there's a spell, a basic cantrip in 5th edition called Thaumaturgy. And oh, And yeah. you can use that to produce, like, a, you know, a harmless sort of sensory effect. It's basically just, like... Ta-da, magic, right? Like, prestidigitation sort of not big damaging spell. Just Grab sort of like, it out ah. of a hat. Right. In this game, th- it's in there, right? But like, how would you do that? Like, how would you just have that? Well, the answer is that you use it, and then it gives you an advantage whenever you do, like, performance, you yeah. know, checks. Or, like, uh, intimidation. Or intimidate somebody, right? You can use it to create, like, a, you know, a light that makes you seem scarier. That's, like, kind of what I'm talking about. Like, taking these mushy mechanics and then mm. making them... Makes sense in a video game environment
0: They've and yet with, the game is still very welcoming to like the mushy stuff of like i'm gonna stack a bunch of boxes on top of each other and then yes. just go over this wall <laughs> there's a great
1: video <laughs> of uh, matt mercer uh building a staircase out of like a hundred crates <laughs> and climbing it and then shooting an arrow of transposition that uh, he like shoots over this wall that you're not supposed to be able to get over and teleports to wherever it lands and skips like a whole <laughs> chunk of the game uh, it's
0: crazy because like i i'm coming off of playing the last rpg i played was diablo 4 and they're just like i mean they're not at the same genre even though they're no, both called all. rpgs like obviously diablo 4 is an action rpg but diablo 4's whole hook is like you make a build you figure out what's effective with that build, maybe you make it slightly better because you get a gear drop, but broadly speaking you're doing the same thing every 30 seconds or 10 right. seconds even. And this is like as real D&D is, a constantly thinking on your feet, figuring out a clever way around a circumstance at every turn of the game. It's it's and and it does it constantly. There are these
1: like set pieces I think where there are you know, there's, there's the witch in her, or the the cabin in the woods, right? Mm-hmm. Where you, you stumble across the the anti Ethel, I think was her name. Like that is like a little set piece with like its own sort of like little puzzles and different solutions and different ways of navigating the sort of like social interactions. Uh, there's like the whole goblin encampment. Like that is a set piece where you have like all these different ways of going about like assassinating the leader or whatever. But between those set pieces it's it's everything it's like navigate how you navigate the environment there's one set piece where you come to a, a an inn that is burning and there's people inside of it and you have a very limited amount of time to like get shit done and i cannot even fathom how many different ways around those problems how many different like results of your actions there could possibly be just in that one thing and the way they build off each other is also incredible uh, well let me in a- talk
0: about the end for a second yeah yeah yeah. When well, I well, actually, to- actually
1: actually actually uh, b- before we before we go into that because i want to i want to give
3: something for people to kind of ground themselves in yeah, yeah, yeah. here how about can each of us talk about our characters first sure and then we can go into that because i think that'll help people picture something <laughs>
1: Yeah, well, we should mention you, you. You roll around with four characters. Your your main, you know, character who you can either create yourself, which is what I think all of us did, or you can play what's called an origin character, which is basically where you take control and ownership of one of the like companion characters in the game and get to kind of like live out their their story. I would recommend, if it's your first time through, not doing that. Yeah, you will get
0: all those stories just by recruiting those companions, so you won't miss out on anything. Um, There is, let me also say, one of the origin stories is called The Dark Urge, which we'll talk about in a second. Fucking great. But basically, it makes you a little bit murdery, and you don't know why. And in that case, you can be as any class and any any character— if it's your first time through, do not pick the Dark Urge as I did because it went bad so quickly that I actually restarted the game and made a new character. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I should also say I spent literal
1: hours making characters in the character creator, restarting, trying something else, trying something new. I I genuinely probably made like seven or eight characters before I found one that I I genuinely was like, okay, I can roll with this dude for hundreds of hours. So I made a half-elf bard. Uh, who is very? I, I wanted him to be good at like a lot of different kinds of skills. Bards have something called jack of all trades. Um, there are dice rolls in this game constantly. Yeah. Uh, for for the skills in fifth edition, which if, again, if you're not familiar, things like sleight of hand, persuasion, uh, uh acrobatics, um, ar- arcana checks, stuff like that. Uh, I wanted him to be, be pretty good at that stuff, and he is. And he's not that great at combat, so he kind of just like <laughs> hangs out on the back lines. Um, he also kind of looks like an evil prince. I he does look like, like an like evil prince. I like making a shit a shithead looking dude. He's a College of Swords bard yeah. now, so he actually can kind of get up in the thick of it and do a little bit of uh you know swashbuckling. Yeah. Um, I've heard the bard is also very overpowered it is yeah get. no i mean and i i definitely wanted a a smooth talk i like playing a face character yeah. like when, I, when we uh in our current season of adventure zone like i am playing a yeah. a slide who is essentially like the the face of the party uh i i genuinely enjoy that role and so that is kind of perfect for what the bard is yeah and to
3: give people an example of how powerful even just a bard can be from what I understand, the bard can just talk to bosses and tell them to kill themselves, and they'll
1: not, be like... No, I mean, I haven't hit anything uh, that sort of, like, wild. That's, like, that's like end of Mass Effect 1 level kind of goofy shit. That's, like, yeah. Outer Wilds level shit. That th- th- This game, too, its great credit does not do that. Like, I've been able to convince a boss that I've been on its side... Mm-hmm. And so they're like, fuck yeah, let's go fuck these guys up. And I'm like, hell yeah, evil stuff. And as soon as they turn their back on me, I like, you know, f- fucking push them <laughs> into a ravine and they yeah, die instantly. no combat the game. It you can't, like, well, I, I don't, you, I would not you say anything. You hand. can't you can avoid a lot of it. But these, <laughs> I would not say anything okay. that definitive about this okay. game. I think also, there's going to be some wild places yeah. of this one. Um, Plant, so yeah, what that's what, what play. was
0: your class?
3: Uh, I was a human warlock with um, uh, an allegiance to a fey goddess. And Do you get to chat with your your goddess when you play a warlock? Constantly. That's uh, cool. I, no, in, that cool. I, I, I'm actually kind of shocked that that is not, well, not constantly, but I'm shocked that's not part of the story for everybody because it's yeah. so central to the story for me. Um, and so central to my—so at the very beginning of the game, you um, are—is it called a lithid?
0: Illithid, Illithid yeah. yeah.
3: Yeah, you are in this ship, and you've been captured by mind uh, flay- uh, No, not yeah, mind flares. Yeah. They look yeah.
0: like Cthulhu.
3: Yes, and they are putting um, worms into your nose. And you and all the members of your party have these worms effectively in your head, and they are— A ticking time bomb that they will turn, they will also turn you into mind flayers. You'd assume quite soon, but that isn't happening. So, you're the mystery is why are you not instantly turning into these uh, beasts, and also how do you get these brain worms out of your skull? Um, and for me, basically, anytime my character goes to sleep, I wake up in a different realm with my fey goddess where I learn much, much more about what's going on inside my character's brain. That's so fucking cool. Yeah, it it rules. That's Um, very interesting. Also, my character rules. She is effectively She-Hulk. She's like seven and a half foot tall. (laughs) Um, And she uh, just charms people to come close and then has a uh, kind of like a gaggle of little minions who terrify them. Oh, that's Uh, cool. So it's constantly kind of yo-yoing people back and forth to me.
0: Um, I went with the ranger, and I started playing the ranger with, like, summoning pets and bears and and various other things like that. I was getting upset because the animals kept dying (laughs) because I would use them as fodder, which you're kind of supposed to. They're, like, magical. They're not, like, real animals. I think they're... Well, none of them are real animals, Russ.
1: It's a virtual sort of simulate They kept dying.
0: Mm -hmm. um, And so I used the very convenient... Respec option that is available in the game uh, relatively early. You can essentially change every aspect of your character. So if you feel like you made a mistake with a level up or even your class, you can restart. So I didn't make a huge change, but I did shift over to making my character more uh, like a sniper type ranger and less with pets. But uh, he's a gnome, a forest gnome, and uh, very grumpy and not very good at talking, but I. Basically, made one of my other party members the like go to liar of the group. Yeah. So whenever I have to like interact with other people, uh, I'll just like send Gale, who's my go to liar. Yeah. A- into the into the conversation, and he just fucking crushes. It's,
1: it's genuinely very interesting to me that you respect one of the major characters so completely. Right? Like, well, Gale is supposed so, to be yeah, this so intellect based wizard.
0: Right? Gale is traditionally a um, a wizard by default. I really just made him a warlock. It's not a huge change. Warlocks, their spells scale off charisma. So it's like, oh, he'll be good at spells and he'll be good at talking. Uh, And that worked out really well. I've been really happy with it. And it doesn't like fuck with, like I think there are other characters, like Will, for example, who's a warlock by default. His whole storyline is about like him sort of struggling with being a warlock. And I think if you change him, it would kind of mess with the story a little bit. But I think so long as you're like in the ballpark, it's totally fine. Like yeah. Shadow Heart is a class. I respect Shadow Heart. You could make yeah. Shadow Heart re- a wizard. You, you respect Shadow Heart? I did yeah. not.
1: Yeah. Well, so I respect Shadow Heart. Uh, we're going to talk about the characters in this game because they're fucking phenomenal. Yeah. Some of the best like writing period. Some of the best like uh you know c- companion characters in any game like this I've ever played. Shadow Heart had a lot of crossover with like what my skills were because yeah. my bard was like kind of oh. sneaky kind of skill based kind of deception based uh and and shadow heart is kind of like this shadow cleric who who can like deceive people and trick people uh but i really liked the character shadow heart and i liked the the voice acting uh with with shadow heart and sort of her whole plot so i just respect her and made her a light domain cleric yeah which is kind okay, so of cleric, Okay. but it's still yeah yeah, yeah i didn't you know get, yeah get
3: that's where i was shocked because i was like that I feel like they really want you to keep Shadowheart above every character in the game in your party as often as so possible.
0: I do not use Shadowheart.
3: Yeah, Russ doesn't roll with a healer mm-hmm. at all, which I think that is great. That is nuts. One, for not having a new healer. And two, because her story is seems extremely, extremely central to the game.
0: Yeah, yeah. But, but they're very smart, actually. So, so it's worth considering. You You'll meet a bunch of these companions they'll you'll say like hey you want to join me and they'll be like oh sorry you're full up i'm gonna hang back in your camp so this is a new feature this was not in divinity original sin 2 and basically you have this hub area that you can go back to at any time so long as you're not in combat and all of the folks that you've met and have joined you will just chill there and you can swap party members in and out really whenever you want so i have her back at Camp, And when she goes back to camp, she carries a device that's like a very central plot device, like a literal yeah. like object. And the object just goes to me, my player character, uh. when she goes back to camp. So you do not have to okay, keep any of the main characters. They're very, very smart about figuring out ways to tell the story without being reliant on a single character. Yeah. Uh, which is awesome because like that that's not only like main story stuff. They are so smart about figuring out ways to move quests along without going down a single path like if you accidentally merc like a very important character for a quest and they have like information you needed you could cast speak to the dead and you just like bring them back (laughs) to life temporarily ask some a few questions and you'll get enough to be able to progress the storyline so like it's been very rare where i've like totally boxed myself into Oh no, there's only one way this can play out or oh I'm locked out of finishing this quest.
1: Yeah, there's a few sort of very very fun powers that I would recommend everyone try to get on their playthrough either through like spells or or magic items like being able to speak to the dead, speak to animals, yeah, the animals and detect is... and detect thoughts on yeah. people. Those three spells in unison really make it so that you can solve pretty much any puzzle, like any any puzzle at all whether it's like You talk to this rat. Something is weird about the rat. I'm going to kick the rat. Oh, yeah, good call. Like, stuff like that. Or, uh, oh, no, I found this dead body. Uh, Oh, where's the treasure buried dead body? And it does the thing that is so fun from, um, I mean, it's from classic d d but also in the Dungeons and Dragons uh movie where you can ask the dead five questions before they die for good. Yeah. Uh, and trying to figure out like which five questions to ask them yeah. before they are dead
0: forever is like a fun little uh fun little meta game. I used uh speak to animals on a sheep and the sheep just said ba, but it didn't ba like a sheep, it's like uh, someone saying ba. <laughs> Because it turns out the sheep wasn't actually a sheep. It was just the goblin hiding as a sheep. Oh, that's great. So fucking funny. And just the writing is like through the roof. So good. It's
1: so, so good. The characters are all amazing. I mean, we could go down the line. Because like I haven't met a character that it is very difficult to pick which characters you want to roll with. I made the decision largely mechanically, right? Yeah, like sure. I wanted a healer. I wanted, uh, you know, a,
0: a straight caster. Or I wanted... But you can ch- make those changes to the classes if you like a personality better than another uh, one, right? You could, yeah. Like, just make those changes yourself. Yeah, and but uh, but
1: it also has kind of dovetailed for me now. Where like the three people I'm rolling with, I'm like, okay, these are my road dogs. Yeah, yeah. And sure. next next playthrough, I can't wait. Like I want to hang with Asterion. And Lizelle, uh, but but like that's got it that's probably gonna be my next playthrough and that's wild because I, again I've played this game probably about 30 hours now and still I'm in the first act and I'm already thinking like oh shit next time I play through this I'm gonna be uh, I'm gonna yeah. be a completely different dude okay let, let's talk about the
3: kind of story of the first act a little bit. I, I know we okay. already talked about this, the airship where you wake up and you're having the worm put into your brain. Yeah. That ship crashes. It's attacked. And you land in this wilderness. And right away, you kind of get thrown into this this really intense and thorny drama. There's a grove. And inside the grove, there are tieflings living there. And they are being forced out, effectively, by druids. And the druids want to force them out because they effectively want to lock down their society. They want to cast some magical spell that's going to make them protected from the outside world. And there is a goblin attack on the way, which is what is inciting them to like try to get the tieflings out and get the spell unlocked so that they can be safe. So you effectively have three parties that have created a powder keg, and it's very, very, very easy for you to be the thing that, like, sets this off. Yeah. Um, which is, it teaches you save-scumming very early. (laughs) Um, uh, right here. Um, but I'm curious, like, how did you all go
0: about it? Like, what... Sure. What did you do? So, uh, issue one. The druids were, were ruled by a woman named Kaga, who was also a druid, but also kind of awful like she basically like almost kills a kid because they're trying to like steal something from the druid grove and she's clearly like not right and all the other druids are like you yeah, know she kind of sucks but uh we don't really have a lot of other options there is some mention about another druid haslan who's uh, uh, tr- uh captured by goblins or something like that but i like kind of set out figuring out what her deal was yeah snuck into her back room lockpicked her uh uh she had a chest back there found well, let's out let's not give a full walkthrough okay of that's fair how to beat the game that's fair <laughs> um, i mean there are a trillion ways none of this is yeah this is like me. one yeah. of 50 ways to do it but i basically like figure it out a way figured out what she was up to and why why she was doing what she was doing but i was kind of playing a lot of sides like i found a goblin uh who was in the druid camp and i was like Eh, I'm going to free you and see what happens. And the goblin led me back to the goblin camp and let me like run around without attacking anyone. Whoa, really? Yeah. Oh, that's great. And, um, but the druids weren't super happy about me stealing the goblin. So I had to like smooth that over. And then you get to a point where you're like, okay, am I going to like side with the goblins as they ca- uh, attack the druids or, uh, you know, stick with the druids and like try to help the tieflings in the same process. I ended up defending the druids, From the goblins and the tieflings were able to escape freely. Um, Good job, so everyone. It was a happy ending, but broadly speaking, like there were 16 other options that I could have taken at any turn. And it would have been awesome. Like, I'm sure there's a ton of content for siding with the goblins that I didn't the, see. The
1: sort of propulsive force of, like, all of this stuff is that you have this worm in your brain that is going to turn you into a mind flayer mm-hmm. in a set amount of time. So so you feel like this, although I will say I didn't want to, like, take a long rest because I was worried yeah. I would sleep too long and turn into a mind flayer. That is not oh, an ish. That's not, not really your- a
0: an but, issue, but at least. but 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 you do get to a point where if you take a long rest, the dr- grove just gets wiped out. Oh, really? By the goblins. Yeah. If you're not resting in near, near the goblin, uh, the, near the grove, near the druid grove, you'll just wake up and be, and it'll just say, like, you failed this quest because the goblins fucking stomped the druid oh, wow. so hard while Dude, you were sleeping. I wonder what
1: caused that because I. I've taken a lot of naps, man, and I have not
0: beefed that quest. So uh, that's weird. I think. Well, I think what might have happened is when I helped the the uh, goblin free from the druid camp. Yeah, the go- I went back to like talk to his goblin. That's leader. probably what
1: you did. You set that shit off,
3: and I might have
0: set it off. That's where, so cool. Where we kind of told them where the druid camp. Oh was.
1: yeah, that's what did it. Is you that told probably them how did to it. Do it? Might be. Yeah. So you have this, this worm in your brain. You want to get it out, and there's lots of different groups that are like yeah man i can do that so like there's a a anti ethyl in the woods mysterious woman living in a cap in a, a hut in the woods it's like yeah i got you no problem um just gonna let me just grab that eye real quick let me just grab that eye uh or like the goblins are like oh we have a goblin priestess she's like awesome she'll heal you up good and then there's the githyanki oh well yeah we got some we got a special healer there. And the Druids are like, oh yeah, we have like all kinds of healers, man, just come over. So you have all these different people who are like, we can give you exactly what you want and you need to get this taken care of ASAP. And so like you have a reason to kind of like hear out your offers. Yeah, Uh, My favorite is there is a character named Volo who is a... A like long running character in in uh, Balter's Gate and Dungeons oh, really? and Dragons. Yeah. Uh, oh, I didn't know that. And he is a bard who uh, w- Russ and I were playing together, and and I came across him sort of like. Uh, kidnapped by these goblins sort of having to recite poetry for them and i'm a bard too so i stepped up and all my conversation options basically turn into like a fucking bard rap battle <laughs> it's incredible. with Volo, and i <laughs> fucking smoked him and he gets all embarrassed anyway i free him he goes back to my camp and i'm like yeah i got this worm in my brain it's fucked up and he's like oh okay give me a minute and then the next day he's like okay i think i can get it out surgically um, <laughs> can i do that and i was like uh yeah sure uh yeah that sounds good to me and he pulls out like an ice pick he's like all right stay very very still (laughs) and you have all these options like get up and say stop it but i was like you know what i volo's my dude i am curious i might save scum if he like fucking if i get a dead space 2 bad ending here (laughs) uh and he, he just does brain surgery on you, just raw dog. And, and the whole time you have like plenty of op- opportunities to be like, stop, 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 stop. He pops my eyeball out. He's oh like, my God. I could not get it. Could not get the worm. It is really deep in there. Sorry about that. <laughs> but I do have this fake eye and he gives me a magical fake eye wow. that is permanently, you can see it in my character portrait. You can see it constantly. Uh, it is this cool looking like green magic eye that allows me to see invisible things. Whoa. Whoa. So cool. So like I went through this risk, this gamble of like, do you want this stranger to do brain surgery on you? And was <laughs> uh, was rewarded greatly. That's so uh, funny. It's That's probably the coolest thing I think that has happened to me
3: so far. For me, I, so I, I went to the goblin camp because I the druids need you to kind of recover a potential alternate leader of the druids and this person is trapped in the goblin camp far to the west so i get all the way to the goblin camp i talk my way through the camp i sneak through uh, all the drunks goblins in the camp i break in through the ceiling of the castle once i'm in they're like well you must be here for a reason we, we didn't see you come through the door so they're totally chill no combat and then um i basically find where I need to go next in the game to get the thing out of my head. Um, And one of the characters is basically like, hey, you could just skip all of this. Like, all this drama, you really actually don't need to do it. This is your next step. Um, But I I wanted to see, you know, this druid tiefling drama out anyway. Um, And basically figured out that the only way to, I, I think, I have not... Finish this part of it to keep the tieflings living in the grove. Is I needed to kill the three goblin lords? Yeah, um, and I did that, and that is where uh, I sidebar so fucking fun.
1: So fun, Assassin's Creed level, like a like clever assassinations. And this is where
3: there are ways to kill at least one of them without combat, um, at all. Uh, and it also involves brain surgery uh and is great there, there there's kind of like i felt like they were kind of teaching me how to play the game and honestly how to like that you should not cheat but you know use every advantage possible um so one is a conversational kill one was uh using i think like the environment as traps and mm-hmm. then the final there's like a big throne room boss fight um that takes every idea you can come up with. I've seen lots of videos where people just bring like twenty powder kegs and. That's the what I did. That's yep. what
1: I did. I blew that room to fucking kingdom come. It was so <laughs> satisfying. The, the other one of the other
3: tricks is you can uh, drink a spell or a potion of invisibility, and then there's a giant pit right next to the throne. So the uh, dude, the second he stands up, you just push him into the pit. And he's just dead. There's a giant spider pit that you can try to push them in. What I did is I climbed up into the rafters really high above everything. And then I just started pelting everyone with arrows. And every time they tried to climb up, I just pushed them off to their death.
0: So oh, so to clarify, you guys did not have the insane Helm's Deep defending the Grove sequence that I had? No, I, I, think I that that could have. Is later. I think no. later. Yeah, I— I don't think so. I I think if you kill the goblin leaders, I think that's just like doesn't happen. Yeah, yeah. I I don't think I
3: will have that. That's that is literally. I just last night I finally figured out how to kill that that dude from the rafters and should have just done a simple push him off. But I I was too, I was too curious what treasure he'd have, and there was a giant room full of treasure behind him. Yeah, that's some dope treasure. And I, and I and I yeah, I wanted to make sure to get it.
1: I didn't have that cool Helm's Deep thing, but when I did again put down like twelve powder kegs in this room and then climb up in the rafters and just like shoot an arrow down at yeah. them and nuke it, I did set off the whole camp. And so then I did have to kill every goblin. Yeah. Uh, and which your PC oh. did melt as it tried to render all of that explosion. <laughs> it really did. It's so satisfying when you do shit like that. Um I we we we've gone a very long time i think talking about this i think that all of these stories kind of like are what is great about the game when you talk about the immersive sim genre you talk about like a dishonored or a prey or something like that this is so that like this is that to a degree that is i think more refined and enhanced and clever than any not a joke any game that's ever come out before i feel like the 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 options and opportunities available to me at any given moment yeah. in this game is just so far outstrip like anything that a game has afforded me before I, and that is a very very exciting feeling i was
3: really planning for a boring game of the year
1: episode this year with dog Zelda being out and i thing. i do not know i, it's a I really don't now. know in the same way that this is what's so cool, right? Like when we talked about Zelda, the story around Zelda is I don't know how they made this game. I do not know how they made this game. This game is it seems like it it, it should be impossible to make. This game, same thing. Like I don't yeah. know how you pre- like how you prepare all of these different like possibilities and link them together. In this chain, when I saw the stories when the game was like, you know, a few months out of it has 18,000 plus endings. I was like, <laughs> that is some bullshit <laughs> PR. But like, yeah, it would kind of almost have to be like it would kind of almost have to be about that, about that grand. Um, yeah.
3: I, I Also, if you are listening to this and you like uh, Griffin's Adventure Zone and you've never been able to play d d maybe because you don't have friends who like d d or you haven't been able to find a good DM. This really is a killer entry point into the basics oh, of D and D. I mean, honestly, because it's hard to find a good DM, this is better than most D and D experiences you're going to have.
1: Yeah, especially um, when you get into multiplayer, which we're going to talk about uh, after the break. But d- do do not sleep on this game, even if you are not like a CRPG fan. Even if like it, it's it's a miraculous thing, and yeah. and if uh, I genuinely think. I think everyone should play it. If you have a passing interest in in D anD D or or this type of thing, like it's, I uh, it's a it's an incredible incredible achievement in in game development. Um, let's let's get into multiplayer stuff though after this break because I think that there's a piece of the puzzle that it, we haven't even talked about yet that is also fantastic.
3: Y'all rocketmoney.com slash besties
0: this episode of the besties is sponsored by aura frames all right so you know there are a number of people in your life that are not necessarily the most technologically savvy i'm sure immediately names jump to your mind those are the sorts of people that you would say oh maybe they would want a digital picture room in their house You can save on the perfect gift that keeps on giving by visiting AuraFrames.com. For a limited time, listeners can get $20 off their best-selling frame with code BESTIES. That's A-U-R-A frames.com promo code BESTIES. Terms and conditions apply. So Griffin and I played multiplayer uh, Baldur's Gate 3 for like an hour or so. And I actually didn't know what to ex- expect because like obviously with a game like this, you know, where you jump in matters a whole lot. So right. you obviously don't want to see spoiler stuff and whatever it is. But I jumped into Griffin's game. We were both level four at the time. So I jumped into Griffin's game not knowing how it was going to work. But you basically jump in and you can very quickly just make a new character. Uh essentially from scratch, but it'll be the same level as whatever your host character is. Right. And so I just, like, hit random and out popped this, like, pink-haired little gnome boy. And uh, I guess I made him a rogue. And I was suddenly, like, in Griffin's game, in Griffin's party. Yeah. And Griffin was able to assign me, like, one of his other party members to control. So I was controlling half of them, and and Griffin was the other half.
1: Yeah, we were doing the goblin encampment sort of thing, which is a really—I I don't think we could have picked a better place to jump in because— yeah. Like Russ mentioned in the first half, he went about that shit in a completely different way than I did. Yeah. And so there were a lot of things in my goblin camp that was not like his was. Case in point, I had found this owl bear nest earlier in the game uh, that I ax- just kind of stumbled into and got attacked by an owlbear, failed my animal handling check, and had to kill it. And then the baby owlbear was very sad and I felt very bad. And the baby owlbear ran off uh in this goblin encampment, there's like a mini game i guess called chicken chasing where you have to like chase this chicken through a, a gate at the back to win money but in my camp
0: it was that baby owl bear which russ had not seen yeah before. when i did it it was just a chicken and i and i talked to the chicken using animal speech and I was like hey run through those gates and we'll both make a bunch of money yeah and, and he did it was chill but this time it was the owl bear that was there and the goblins were like that's not a chicken. And they're like, eh, close enough. <laughs> so what what's great
1: is anytime you are playing with another person, when they get into a conversation, a little bubble appears next to their like player icon. You click that, and then all of a sudden you are sitting in on the conversation. Yeah. You're seeing what's being said to them. You are seeing what responses they pick. And you can also vote on the response that they can pick. So like if if you know you have four options, I like the first one, I click it, and then like my little Steam. Player profile picture appears next to the option that I want Russ to pick, uh, which, you know, they, he could pick or not or not choose. But it is, it is seamless. You can uh, also
0: decide if you're playing with other people, but you don't want to, them to hear the conversation. You could set the conversation to private. Yeah. So no one can like listen in.
1: Yeah. Which, which oh, we should probably also mention you're going to want to do sometimes because every character in this game wants to bone you. <laughs> Hard and instantly. And so it's, that is a wild thing that I was, I did not expect from this game. I've had conversations with my teammates where they're like, hey man, you want want me to teach you a magic spell? I'm like, yeah, sure. And then the magic spell is,
0: fucking, my, my, here's my wiener. (laughs) (laughs) Ta-da. Uh, yeah, so you and it, it, and it starts very quickly. Usually, like Mass Effect 3, you have to play for like 30 hours before you yeah. like get a. Smooch. Also, it, it's not like, oh, well, if I do enough good deeds and give right. you
1: lots of gifts, you will give me the sex. No, not in this one, man. In this one, it's like, hey, I didn't burn down this village. You liked that apparently so much. <laughs> um, it's much nicer. I, I, I find like the, 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 the kind of Bioware
3: all the way back to like, uh, Harvest Moon era way of like seducing people with
1: uh commerce i don't know it's kind of bums me out uh what what impressed me about the multiplayer is that it's i thought it would be just kind of a lot of one person sitting around and waiting while the other person does stuff Mm -hmm. which is not the case like you are moving your character independently from theirs you could be having two different conversations entirely um and in combat there's, you know, you do initiative roles, which is the usual DD stuff. If you have like a block of characters who are like back to back to back in the initiative order, you can control them in any order you want, uh, which is a great pro tip that they don't really tell you in this game. So if you have like one of your characters goes first, the next one goes second, the next one goes third, you can make, you know, the one in third place go first, and then the one in first, and then the one in second, however, whatever order you want. When that happens with two player characters, you're making your moves simultaneously. So there was one fight that me and Russ got in where both of our characters just ran up to this uh goblin priestess and just both of us just started stabbing her <laughs> at the same time. Uh, co- So like combat moves pretty fast.
0: I like got yeah. a pretty good clip. Um, I could imagine it being like, if you were able to coordinate with like a few other people or even just one other person and say, okay, we're going to do this entire campaign together. It would be so much fucking fun. It would be very, very fun. In fact... This
1: is the one big knock I have against the game. Big heads up. Two big big knocks against the game. One, you can't redesign your character's appearance. At any point which is like yeah whatever but in a game that is asking you to invest this much time into your thing it's wild that you can respec pretty early on yeah and for pretty cheap as many times as you want to but like you can't change your hair color uh so be be warned about that the other thing and this is a big one because it was kind of a bummer for me uh once another player joins your campaign and makes a custom character little pink boy a little pink boy with a fucking huge face, like an Easter Island statue, <laughs> just this grotesque, a, you can't remove them from your party. Yeah. And I think that is so that like, you know, if you're playing a campaign with another person and they're invested in their character, you can't just fucking delete them, right? Like I get that. But also it really kind of prohibits this kind of drop in, drop out idea that I think is very strong and very, very cool uh, because all of a sudden like, my party was my character, Russ's pink monster, <laughs> and then two two of my companions. Like, this spot was constantly taken up by Russ's character, which was not optimal for so many reasons. One, uh, he sucks to look at. Two, his class is pretty similar to mine, so, like, I wasn't rolling with a rogue anyway. Fortunately, I had a save from, like, right before we started playing together, so unfortunately... You know, the next morning after Russ and I spent the night playing, uh, I had to go back and reload my save before we started playing and do all that stuff again did you, without Did Russ's. you
0: try to, like, just... Uh, is it a bug, first of all? Do we know... It's not
1: a bug. I, as far th- This is not a self-contained griffin problem. This is, like, a huge sort of discussion on the forums of people saying, like, this is very disappointing. This is, like, I get... I understand the logic behind it, mm. but there needs to be... A, a a toggle for this where you can have these characters come and go like any other companion. That's what's confusing. If I could just drop Pink Boy right. at camp and then sure. like rock with someone else like that's one thing. I would not have reset I'm not that vain uh,
0: but but this this was a this Like was if you had two sh- other friends join you would just wouldn't be able to carry companions with you? If you had three other friends yeah if you had if you played with three friends
1: and then yeah. all of a sudden you're of course in that instance like if you are playing with four actual players, like you probably yeah, won't want to do this drop. Right. All that said, the multiplayer dynamic so well implemented, so brilliant, so smart. I wish this drop in drop out thing was was possible, but as I can tell right now it is not. So, if you're going to do multiplayer, have your multiplayer campaign have your multiplayer yeah, have saves, and campaign. then have your single players yeah. and i don't i don't think you'll regret that because again like there's so many different ways you can solve for these things yeah uh, for, for every situation in the game um but yeah it's it's man it's fucking cool it's it amazing. really does feel like D. just russ immediately spawned in and started to try to pick my pockets <laughs> uh it, it's it's yeah he's really trying hysterical. to solve like puzzles and i'm just like oh i'm gonna take this gold russ kept saying like oh you need higher intellect and i was like but this is a puzzle like in real life puzzle. <laughs> russ was like yeah no you griffin need more <laughs> intellect to solve this one um it really it really feels like it really feels like D D man that is a miraculous thing i love this fucking game
0: cool um we had some reader mail questions i think we will have more to say about Baldur's gate as time goes on i want to hear justin's thoughts about yeah, it. I'm very honestly, curious too. Yeah, but, once he is back uh reader mail question this comes from Ames. uh you will have multiple consoles and many if not most games are cross console how do you decide which one you play a particular game on what makes the game feel like a deck slash switch game versus a console game I always dither because I'm not buying multiple copies of every game, just a few, lol. I mean, I,
3: everything is a deck game so long as it can be played with a controller and it works on the deck for me. Yeah, well, um, that's and, your de-
1: that's your decision.
3: Yeah, and, and, and kind of to the point of I don't want to buy multiple copies. Well, I have a PC and I have a Steam Deck, which obviously not everybody has. But for right. me, that makes it very easy in that... I know Steam's going to make sure that that file is always working. I'm not going to have a lot of the save file issues with, like, multiple switches or whatever. Yeah. Um, and just as powerful enough to run so many things.
0: Did, so so you're playing um, Baldur's Gate 3 on Steam Deck? I'm actually playing it on a ROG Ally. Okay.
3: So anyway, in my PC. It? I played most of it on my PC, honestly, because... Uh, Fresh, you mentioned playing it with a controller is better. It we, is we great. We didn't talk about this. I played the first couple hours on uh, mouse and keyboard and really enjoyed that. But I was like, oh, I should try um, controller. Fresh might be right. And it, it really changes the game. I like how it changes it. But it makes it feel more like a third-person RPG. Yeah. I felt like I was way more zoomed in um way more
0: direct control of the characters rather than just like pointing and clicking yeah
3: yeah yeah and then um i yeah that made it much easier to play on handheld um once i switched over obviously i did
1: i just to be devil's advocate i disagree i prefer the mouse and keyboard i think the controller is functional and it works but like it's for me it is so much easier to like click on the exact shit that you want in in the world um
0: Um, yeah in terms of I'm also mostly playing on Steam Deck, but only because my wife has taken over the gaming PC to play on the gaming PC. Um, Steam Deck is totally playable with this game. I mean, you have to run it at 30 FPS, but mostly it's totally fine. And um, you also probably have to run it plugged in because... The battery life unplugged is oh about yeah. forty-five minutes. Maybe <laughs> I, was, I was playing. Uh,
1: my son was using the like USB C charger we have in our in in the living room to charge the uh, charge something, and so. I was playing, and I got the 10% battery life warning, and I was like, oh, shit, I only have a little <laughs> bit until I, literally, not a joke, like a minute and a half later, yeah. I got the 5% battery warning, and then before the 5% battery warning went away, I got the 3% battery <laughs> warning, and I was like, ah! I just had to turn it off and throw it out. Yeah, it's it drains that bad boy real fast. It does. Um, my go-to, I have like a flow chart, I feel like, for this decision, and it's like, if it is on Switch... And is like fully featured on Switch and runs good. Uh, I will get it on Switch because my preferred like I'm very particular about like gaming hand feel. Uh, and so like if I can play it on my Switch Lite, that's the dream for me. Like yeah. this very very lightweight, very portable, uh, you know, gaming handheld. That that I will rock with that pretty much every time if I can. If it's fully featured, runs at you know a good FPS or whatever uh and then beyond that it, it like they said pc steam deck is kind of the,
0: the, now, the now i will say like i don't play a lot this is like one of the very few 3d games i've played on steam deck mostly because of the battery thing like yeah i usually if i'm playing like an indie game or a 2d game whatever it is definitely steam deck but if it's like a more involved game it'll either be on the pc or on a console uh i actually i know like people feel differently i i the Xbox being as like quiet and quick as it mm-hmm. is, I tend to like play a lot of games there. But obviously, if it's a Sony exclusive, I'm more than happy to play on a PS Five.
1: Yeah, that's the rest of the flowchart. Is if, if it's on Game Pass and is like a game I'm going to play with uh, with my son or wife. I'll get it on the Xbox because it's free. <laughs> yeah, and it's are, like already plugged in in the living room. And then if it's a Sony exclusive, I play on PS5. I yeah. don't really play my PlayStation Five. I'm, I'm, I mentioned the the Rog Ally. Uh, and
3: yeah, I know how's it work? We, ha- well, we have on we there. have some people who you know have want to get a Steam Deck and they're not sure if they could get Steam Deck or Rog Ally. This is the first game where the extra power of the Ally, like I I felt like made a pretty real difference. Like it looks gorgeous on on the ally um it doesn't look like it's like visually compromised really at all um but you do similar to the steam deck have to keep it plugged in i still don't know if like is this the beginning of a trend where more and more games that are going to require a little bit more power are going to be noticeably different on the ally i don't know
0: did you play on steam deck as well
3: i did Yeah, yeah 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 um and i i don't know the other thing that the steam deck still has an advantage is just people do um they what is it not uh, not perfect uh that they, they like optimize for optimize it. thank you they optimize for it so even if it has less power it's they're you know carefully optimizing the game to run well on it so again i don't think that i still think the steam deck is probably your best bet but you know i'm I'm starting to wonder if there's going to be a piece I'll have to write on Polygon, kind of following up on the review I did of is Ally in any way stepping ahead.
0: Well, um, let me let me add this caveat, and again, I don't know if you've read about this. Apparently, apparently uh, SD cards have been failing in the Rog Ally. Oh. like there was a major bug where like SD cards would just get nuked, and people are like very worried about the software support that they've been seeing from ASUS. So. Mm. Just do your research. I'm talking to the people at home. Do your research before you make any decisions, because I think what you what we have seen is even though unquestionably the Steam Deck is underpowered compared to the Rogue Ally, the software support from Valve has been like every single week they are tweaking and adjusting yeah. when issues arise and I think Asus is just a little bit slower on the uptake. And if you just want to play games and you don't need any of the tinkering and Yeah, if you that, don't want to mess uh, into with power, it, the Steam Deck right. is
3: still just always the easiest.
0: We have one more quick question. This comes from Kelly. Uh would any of you consider getting an Android phone? I love Bestie's Resties, but your mobile recommendations almost always cater exclusively to iPhone users. As an Android user, I would love to be represented. By one of you, so that we could get some recommendations too. That's a fair critique. You're right. I think all of us use uh, iPhone. Um, I I would say outside of like Apple Arcade stuff, if something is a successful um, mobile game, it's on both. Invariably, it's you. You'll see it on Android as well. It might take a little bit more time to show up on Android if it launched on iOS as an exclusive. But broadly speaking, like. If you Google it, it'll frequently show up outside of the Apple Arcade stuff, which, yes, is going to be exclusive, unfortunately. I think think
3: that's the reason when people are upset that we are only covering iPhone games. It's that Apple is throwing a ton of money to get some of the best mobile games on iPhone exclusively. Yeah. So it's not like we're ignoring some Android games that exist. It is that these big interesting games from studios are being funded to be on apple arcade
0: yeah i can't think of and maybe people can write in if this is not true but i honestly can't think of any that are like exclusive to android games you know what well, i mean well they exist but that are yeah. like exceptionally good
1: yeah i don't know I, I i have had an android phone a couple times i've made the, the i've been tempted over to the other side. Honest to God, if iMessage weren't a thing, I, I was gonna I say, say I it's drama in the group chat whenever. An- yeah, whenever that's whenever it that's comes all on it is, Android. It's it, and that sucks from a sort of you know consumer standpoint. because um, I like a lot of Android phones. It's just yeah, yeah. The the ecosystem is
0: not ideal. Um, honorable mentions. I, I saw Oppenheimer. It was very good. I didn't see see it in IMAX. 70 millimeter ridiculousness. Then you didn't see it, bro. And I kind of feel like I'm okay with that. It was a very good movie, but I don't know, man. A lot of that movie is people in rooms. I don't think I needed to see people in rooms (laughs) the size of a a skyscraper. I don't know. It looks pretty great in a big, big old IMAX. I really felt like I was,
3: me and Killian were, were intimate.
0: I didn't realize there's only 30 theaters in the world that can show it in that like 70 millimeter. Thing. That's crazy. Yeah, I mean it's a
3: giant roll of f- film. Yeah. You
1: know?
0: It's a good flick. It's So big. The I, building I, I has to be big it. to hold it. it. Really yeah. That's true. You gotta have a big building. Uh,
1: but. uh I went and saw yesterday with uh Henry and Rachel went and saw uh Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Mutant Oh Ninja <gasps> Ninja. <gasps> Yeah fucking great. So good. So great. I I adore this film. Uh it is just it is fun front to back. It is uh, that the action is great. The changes that they have sort of made to the TMNT canon is great. The voice acting is all so good. Um, I'm dying to see it. It's such a good year for like animated movies between this and Spider-Verse. Like it's uh, and was Damn, was uh, Puss in Boots this year or was that yeah, last year? I think so. Was it? God dang, man. It's a great, yeah. great year. I'm gonna I'm gonna
3: build on top of that. I went and saw the first Slam Dunk, which is an adaptation of the manga Slam Dunk, and there's been like a I believe a long anime series of it. But if you wanna get into Slam Dunk, you can just go see this movie because it requires no prior knowledge. And it is Is it an old movie? No, it's a brand no. new movie, okay. But based off of a older manga. Right. About um, basketball. Yeah, and it's just about uh I believe high school basketball players and it's sad. It's very <laughs> sad. Um it's a very emotional. They, these these kids they go through a lot. Um but it is a delight and it has such a cool moment where the sound goes out and the animation almost regresses into like manga that is like it's unforgettable. It's so cool. Um and yeah, Griffin. You, I saw Team and T too. It's so amazing how animation is going through this moment yeah. of like creativity and experimentation. After I don't know the Pixar DreamWorks era, which started great with Pixar, but then just kind of became rote, and yeah. now people are just doing so
1: many interesting things. Yeah, I don't. I don't know what else to add. It looks that movie looks very unique. Yeah. Uh. Thank you so much for listening. Russ, you want to thank some people
0: for reviewing our show? Happy to. I wanted to thank the following people for writing reviews for the besties on Apple Podcasts. We have Apple Convert Zero, Brendan F. Martin, and Nikki Rose24. Thank you for writing reviews for the besties on Apple Podcasts. Plant,
3: what have we talked about this week? Who? what did we talk about? We talked about Baldur's Gate 3 a lot. We talked about D and D, effectively the fifth edition. Talked about Oppenheimer, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Mutant Mayhem, and Slam Dunk. All three movies that I believe are playing in cinemas right now.
1: And that's it. That's it, man. BG three has a tendency, I think, and will probably continue to suck all the oxygen out of the room, but you know, he's a big boy. He needs that oxygen, you know? Uh, Thank you so much for listening. Next week, join us. We're going to discuss a game I am very excited to dive into, Hammerwatch 2, the next sort of ARPG from the studio that made Heroes of Hammerwatch, one of my favorite games. Uh, So please play that if you are so inclined and want to be a part of the thing. Also- People should go
3: subscribe to bestuse.fan for the newsletter where you Fuck can get yeah. all the information about what we talked about on the show, plus lots of links, some stuff to video, and we have a, a merch drop coming that is my favorite thing that we... It, it's it's incredible. I and cannot I, wait. I cannot wait for people to see it, and I, I think we will be able to share part of it by the time that this episode is out, so... Go to besties.fan, subscribe, and take a look. It is something special.
1: And join us again next week for the besties. Because shouldn't the world's best friends play the world's best games?